Mad Cat Audio. Okay, so we really suck. I suck at intros, so welcome. And today, <laughs> today we talked to Emily, and she is. What is her official title situation, though? She is a yoga instructor okay. and also a coach for small businesses in the like wellness space. Yes. So, we of course found a way to relate that to horses naturally. And it's really good. And she also came for my wig a few times. Not on purpose. <laughs> but it, like, makes you think. She makes you, she makes you think with this episode. So just be prepared. And also, we have merch. Yes. Yes, we do. Uh, the link will be in the show notes because Etsy is really hard to search. But it is on Etsy. Mm-hmm. And there's some really cute things. We have some great, uh, very classic style t-shirts with mm-hmm. things like good boy tater and uh, mostly honestly t- jordan taglines we have want to be full-time horse girl and what we else? have a it's never the horse's fault oh, yeah. and mm-hmm. then we have one that just lists all of our horses names in a really fun yeah classic way so anyway check those out mm-hmm. and all of your merch sales um help us keep this podcast free and accessible for all of you and uh, help to fund it so that this is something that we can continue to do in a sustainable way going forward. Also, yeah. when you wear our merch, make sure to tag us on your social medias because we love that. We love to see our yes. things in the wild. Yes. <laughs> things in the wild. T-shirt, t-shirts in the wild. <laughs> Welcome to The Whole Scoop. I'm Ruby, a lifetime horse lover, equine nutritionist, and horse trainer. I'm Jordan. I'm new to the horse world, but also a wannabe full-time horse girl. Whether you're a first-time rider or experienced equestrian, join us as we share stories, wisdom, and tips through the lens of a holistic horsewoman. yoga and I help wellness practitioners grow a business that supports themselves without burning out and doing a bunch of crap they hate um, basically and a lot of that ends up being working through beliefs past wounding and um, finding a way to support themselves without overworking and replicating the conditions that they really want to get out of and why they chose the career path to begin with, which actually <laughs> on the surface, um, I teach a lot of marketing, but that's usually where the bulk of the work is and them learning how to step into this new identity and deal with, you know, any even good change comes with loss. Um, so cope with that. Awesome. Yeah. That cool. is awesome. <laughs> yeah. That. So we're excited to talk to you today because, um, well, on both the yoga and the business fronts because we have been kind of delving a little bit lately into the idea of equestrian or horse human health um, and how that impacts the horse's well-being, which is what we're really all ultimately after. And then um, in addition to that, Jordan and I both have our own small sort of wellness businesses, and I think a lot of our listeners do as well. So 
maybe we can kind of get into both. Um, but I'd like to maybe start with, you had said something interesting recently about how you believe that in order to kind of show up fully as in your business, you also have to take care of yourself and how you kind of perceive yoga and your your kind of business consulting as um, more intertwined than maybe most people would initially expect. So I don't know if you maybe want to elaborate on that idea. Yeah, I would love to. Um, especially so when we're talking about small businesses, the businesses I help, the biggest business had the owner and four people. So it's a very small business, very tight knit community where everyone has to be able to follow out their job, right? There's no real room for a lot of slack. Not that people can't take time off and they can't, you know, be sick or anything like that, but there really is no one else to look to. And you guys, I'm sure know that running your own business you're wearing all of the hats until you can maybe finally hire some people. And so when we think about that, one, it's really stressful to be a marketer, to be the creator, to be the practitioner, to be the salesperson, to be the person having partnerships, to be the person that's the front man. Like there's a lot of hats to wear until you get to a point that you can even hire people. And so a lot of people will end up trying to like force their way through. But what ends up happening is that they, one, aren't doing very good work. They're keeping themselves busy because they don't have that pause, right? That like meditation pause, drawing pause, whatever it is to evaluate and plan out what they're doing. So they kind of just are putting out fires all over the place because um, they don't have that really grounded time to contemplate, like, does this even need to happen right now? Um, is this good? Am I just running around trying to please everyone? Um, I'm a recovering people pleaser, which is why I laughed. Uh, <laughs> am I just running around trying to please everyone and not looking out for what's ultimately best, not just for myself, but like for the future of my business and being able to support people because we can, like, if we think of a bank, we can only make so many withdrawals, right? We can only make so many withdrawals from our rest, so many withdrawals from our <laughs> making ourselves healthy food. And that's going to start to show up. What I see with people pretty often is if they're going into this no rest hustle mentality is that one, they're going to burn out, but two, they don't have the capacity to really hold space for someone else. I'm sure that's the same for an animal um, because they don't have they wouldn't understand what I'm saying, right? They understand my tone, my body language, my energy. And so whatever I am giving off is going to, like, I, I thought of the word symbiotic relationship in nature. Uh, it's when like, we have a symbiotic relationship with trees. When I exhale, um, I give them CO2. And when they exhale, <laughs> I put air quotes, um, they're giving me um, oxygen, right? So we have that with a horse or with our clients too, that the energy I'm putting off, how I'm holding myself, how I'm subconsciously communicating. If I feel rushed, I'm trying to get them to end what they're talking about. I'm not going to hold good space for them. I'm not going to show up fully. And that's going to just ripple out to everything. Then my marketing is going to be rushed. My uh, emails are going to be rushed. And that one, 
isn't good for me in the moment, isn't good for my clients, and ultimately is going to just ripple out in any everything in a way that it's going to be haphazard. I'm not going to feel good. They're not going to feel good. And so if we can really start to like kind of go with the rhythms like we would in yoga and really prioritize our complete self. Yeah, maybe <laughs> we don't get as much done in a day or a week, but in the long term, we're going to get more done, right? People tend to uh, overestimate what they can get in a, done in a short amount of time and underestimate what they can get done in a long time. Um, so it's like really a practice of like giving yourself the space to have everything go at a natural <laughs> rhythm so that you're not doing work that you have to undo. You're not hurting relationships that are really hard to un, un furrow. I got the image of a, a tie. Like you don't have to be doing damage control if you can slow down, give yourself what you really need to be able to show up in the way that you feel taken care of so you can take care of others. Does that make sense? Totally. And I think like it almost feels like there's like a the physical aspect, but also like a mental, emotional, spiritual aspect of like what you're talking about that like and they're they're really maybe the same thing, but kind of thinking about, you know, how you can take care of your physical body so that you can especially with horses because it is physically demanding and um, I'm kind of like I'm remembering this uh, interview I heard recently with a saddle fitter and she said pretty blatantly like I can do all kinds of things to fit a saddle to a horse but if the rider is unbalanced or uneven it's just it's all worthless like it doesn't make any difference if the rider themselves is not in the middle and strong enough to be riding that horse and so I think there is a physical aspect, you know, and even as a business person, like making sure that you're healthy so that you're not missing days like you were talking about or so that other people don't have to pick up the slack for you. Um, and then there's also like this mental, emotional, spiritual aspect of making sure that you have the headspace to be really present when you are doing that work. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. 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 I found that um, relationships are a big one when people are getting overwhelmed um, by <laughs> everything, right, for like a week and all the normal tasks they would do, they're getting overwhelmed. They're like, I've been trying to, you know, give myself rest, but my mind's going a mile a minute. Um, and I asked about relationships. There's usually something like relational going on. <laughs> like, yeah, my friend is so mad at me and like it's taking up so much headspace or me and my partner keep fighting and I, I'm really frustrated with that. And it makes like everything else feel so much heavier when we have like this big thing that we're carrying around with us everywhere. <laughs> there's this Buddhist um, fable where like there's this monk and his mentee uh, going along this path, they come to a river and everyone's just like wading through the river. And there's this, um, I forget what they called her, like this wealthy woman that doesn't want to get her shoes wet. And everyone's annoyed because <laughs> they're arguing with her. They can't pass. And the monk just picks her up, puts, him, puts her on his shoulders and crosses the river and puts her down. And she's really ungrateful, you know, whatever. And so they're walking along for two hours and the little mentee 
is like, man, can you believe the nerve of that woman? And the monk looks at him and goes, I put that woman down two hours ago. Why are you still holding her? Mm. Wow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. I like that. It's a good reminder. Yeah. Interesting. I would think too, I don't know that much about horses, but I would think too that if a rider was like, really stressed out on top of a horse that they would be doing like kind of erratic movements on top of a horse. Is that true? Oh, definitely. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. We've talked about a little bit like, um, before like different methods to kind of like center yourself and assess whether like the, um, stress that you're feeling is like actually relevant to, this moment on this horse like um the example is like if you if your horse has a history of being afraid of people on bikes do you see the bike before your horse and then start to get nervous and then that's what makes your horse also nervous because they're feeding off your reaction or do you kind of wait and then if the horse gets nervous then you kind of deal with that situation as it comes up Uh um yeah definitely i think like the horses are so sensitive to our mental and emotional state that they pick up on a lot more than I think even we're aware of for sure a lot when you brought up relational things like I've had a I just got married and I've had a lot of adjustments and there's been a lot that like on my mind and I haven't done a lot of body work in the last uh, like I've done a few sessions but lately and just today I did some work on Ruby's horse Schroeder and I was like yes I haven't had a good fitness routine lately because like my mind is just not in it and I have so much other heavy stuff and I'm like doing therapy and I'm my therapist is ruining my life and (laughs) just kidding hopefully she doesn't hear this love you um I love her she's amazing but they're just, it's been heavy lately. And then I'm like down there picking up Schroeder's big leg and I'm like, holy crap. Like, yes, he's a huge horse, but I'm like, why does this feel so hard? Like everything feels so hard. Everything just feels so hard right now. So yeah, it's interesting that you, that you were saying that like relational, it like, it's just heavy. Yeah. And then digging up old things that maybe have been living in your unconscious for a really long time, um, Mm -hmm. like are ultimately good, right? But (laughs) if you can Mm -hmm. clear them, they're ultimately good um, and start to relate to them differently. But, you know, in the time that you're doing that, um, looking at your patterns and beliefs is really difficult and maybe um, realizing things weren't okay that you just accepted were okay can bring up a lot because you have to almost like reintegrate everything into how you process. Yeah, that is also a thing. I feel like people need to realize that is like when you're dealing with, if you do have something very traumatic that has happened in your life and that's pretty much what I'm working on right now, EMDR, yeah I'm doing that with my therapist and it is extremely hard and it's just like figuring out how to live again on an everyday basis you're like wait do I actually feel this way about this thing or is this changing now and it's very strange and I don't think people get it until they're they've done it or 
to pretty much till they've done it, I think. And everyone handles things differently, obviously, but yeah. yeah. And it's important to give yourself grace. And, you know, as many hats and as much responsibility we carry as business owners, that's probably one of the biggest benefits um, is that you really can decide, hey, I'm going to take on um, less work because this is really important to me coming up right now. And mm-hmm. letting yourself be okay with that really makes it a little, a, a lot lighter, I would say, if you can really give yourself grace and be like, yeah, maybe my income is going to take a temporary hit, but I know ultimately that this is going to be good for me. And, you know, money comes and goes. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Huh. Interesting. Okay. Before I start crying, let's. Uh... <laughs> Sometimes we think in relationships that we have to like change the other person, um, which is kind of a fool's game, right? Trying to change someone else. Um, I don't believe that you can't change for any anyone else. We've seen people do that for kids a lot of times. But if the other person doesn't want to change, then it's kind of a lost cause. But someone could want to change for someone else, and then you could probably help them. But mm-hmm. they have to have the desire to. Yeah, for sure. Interesting. But I see a lot of people doing that, and usually. Um, I've been studying and I was trained in hypnosis last year. I've been studying this year. I don't use formal trance, usually very rarely, <laughs> um, but I was really uncom- uh, interested because of how um, it builds off neuro-linguistic programming, NLP, to bring the unconscious mind into coaching. Um, and usually for relationship things, if you know they're communicating, they're setting boundaries, and they're getting like really triggered to where like, they can't have the conversation. We'll start to work on, usually um, I don't go into, like I would never have someone tell me their trauma and their story, but we'll work on like their triggers. Like, well, every time I see my partner's red face, right? And I'll just stop them. And then we'll start to relate to that differently. Uh, <laughs> um, like, okay, so like, what? how would you wanna feel if you see your partner's red face? Well, I'd like to feel like we're both frustrated and take a little break so we can regulate. Um, We'll work on that kind of stuff. (laughs) I won't work on like, I don't want to know the whole story and open up that can of worms without being um, trained specifically in that. (laughs) But we can work on like the trigger point um, and, Mm -hmm. you know, work on that point on just practicing giving yourself some time out. There's always, I have every one of my clients um, have some kind of morning ritual, whether it's journaling, making themselves coffee or tea, like the long way and practicing telling themselves, especially when they're busy, that, you know, there's always time for myself. There's always time for me to take 15 minutes out to journal or make coffee or make tea in this really long process. I like the tea. One of my clients was like, I don't want to do any of that. I just want to make tea every morning. I'm like, cool, let's make tea. (laughs) I bet you could apply that to like horses too. Like if you have, I feel like some people have specific problems or whatever with their horse. And they're like, when you get to a point of like a trigger point, whether it's your horse doing something or you're feeling some type of way, but to be able to step back and be like, I wonder if you could like hypnotize the person in that. <laughs> like, you should take on some horse horse girls. It was really helpful, and I don't know the specifics, but 
there's a point with every time we get emotional that there's like a sound and internal feeling uh, image we see, right? That tells us to have the reaction. Like it, if we're talking about our nervous system tells us to start that reaction. Like our, we're like, okay, start that process. Um, I really dislike traffic. So I guess every time I see brake lights, I'm like, mm -hmm. okay, start getting anxiety body. We hate this, right? So you want to figure out when that exact point your body decides to change states and then just give yourself the simplest practice. I usually just do a breath. And then I ask myself, how do you want to feel about this? And I usually like, I want to feel like, well, you know, there's more time to listen to music. Mm hmm and then remind myself to put on music and, you know, I'm not mm -hmm. sitting in the traffic, whether I'm really angry and anxious and mad at everyone or whether I'm chilling and listening to music and having a good time. Either way, the reality is going to be the same thing. So what can I do, right, to adjust? Because mm -hmm. it'd be very hard for me to solve the traffic problem. Yeah. I had a client when I um, was teaching yoga full time that was a nurse in the ER during COVID, right? So super busy working these crazy shifts. Um, and like, you know, I get so stressed when I see sick people. So I was like, okay, what do you see right before you see the sick person? I guess every time that he went in, he looked at their chart and their name. And so he just started every time he looked at their chart and their name, taking a deep breath and visualizing them as getting better. And it really helped him. Mm -hmm. Yeah, my therapist said, uh, she said, catch, or she said, catch the drift, make the shift. <laughs> it's exactly what it is. It's like, as soon as you start drifting, like road rage for me, for example, <laughs> and I start like wanting to, you know, curse. I just, I like notice that. And then I'm like, I shift it to maybe this person uh, needs to go to the bathroom. And that's why they're riding my butt right now. Or maybe they had a terrible day who knows it's kind of like who knows what's going on with them but in your mind you're kind of you're just like empathizing i guess or you're just taking a minute to be like let's not drift into hatred <laughs> worry about that the other day but i think yeah. i'd butcher it because i've only heard it once but basically so there's this guy that he goes out to mow's lawn his lawnmower's broken and he's like you know what i could go probably go borrow my neighbor's lawnmower and then he's like oh but i uh borrowed his drill a couple of years ago and i broke it he's probably still so mad about it and then he's like but you know i let him borrow stuff all the time and i gave him sod last week and i invite him over to all my parties but you know he's probably still so mad about that drill and he's walking over to ask him and he's like you know what it's not fair that he's mad about this drill and he's get, piping himself up and he knocks on the door his neighbor answers and he's like you know what keep that effing drill <laughs> <laughs> yeah and he probably wasn't even mad anymore oh his neighbor was probably like what are you talking about yeah wait what <laughs> um yeah no but I think in our episode with Lexi recently mm -hmm. um about just not kind of feeding into these stories that may or may not actually be true with your horse because especially with horses they can't tell you <laughs> what is or isn't true like they just have their experience as it is and for us to be able to like stop ourselves and take a step back and remember that 
they're just experiencing life in the moment and that we are often the ones that are kind of blowing it out of proportion and like turning it into something much bigger and and then creating labels from there like oh my I have a spooky horse or my horse hates bikes or whatever my horse doesn't go in the trailer but -hmm. to remember that like horses are just living in that moment yeah I would imagine with that kind of belief too you would be like you see the bike coming you're like digging your heels into them a little bit tighter you're holding the reins your tone changes that's the only way that they can communicate with us right so like all these subtle ways that you're saying I'm stressed and the horse is like oh I'm stressed if you're stressed (laughs) exactly yeah it's like I had a client recently I had to go pick up a horse for somebody and the people were like oh yeah he doesn't get in trailers so like be ready and I went and I I grabbed him and I put him right in the trailer like no big deal he didn't even think twice and I was like it's probably that he was hard one time and then now they expect it and it's that like the horse starts to like see them get a little bit tense and they kind of walk to the trailer really slowly and they start kind of baby talking him or whatever and then he's like why am I you know why are they afraid of this big box I should be afraid of this big box now I'm just not going to get in it mm-hmm. <laughs> <That's funny. laughs> yeah Oh, horses. Man. Yeah. You have the little baby with you, too. Uh, that's probably uh, over there feeling pretty close to how you feel. Yeah, exactly. For sure. <laughs> For sure that. <laughs> She's stretching, so. Everybody, Ruby has her baby with her. <laughs> Nobody can see, but I wish you could. She's so cute. I'm curious if you have, since you were kind of talking about morning routines, some kind of routine or like tangible things that people can try that can help them kind of um, self-regulate a little bit and and do kind of the like, I don't know if self-care is like the right word. It's kind of, I feel like overused these Mm -hmm. days, but like something that helps you kind of take care of yourself so that then you can be more present in your business or with your horse or whatever else you have going on that day? Yeah, um, I would suggest, I mean, one, I know some people don't like to eat breakfast, eating breakfast, <laughs> um, eating, especially if you wake up hungry, not ever like <laughs> skipping something that's going to give you the little tiny pain of like, I'm hungry, I'm hungry all day. Um, is really not a great thing, right? We think it's not a big deal, but if your body's telling you something repeatedly, it's just taking up headspace, emotional, energetic space that it doesn't need to. And then I usually tell them, ask my clients to either um, meditate or journal in the morning um, so that they can just kind of clear their emotional, energetic field. I like journaling personally, because I'll be like really upset about something. I'll journal it out and realize like, I don't even need to talk to anyone about it a lot of the time. Sometimes I do, but a lot of the time it just like needed to be expressed. So sometimes I call my morning uh, journaling the angsty pages because I like (laughs) just dump it on the journal. I expressed it. It has somewhere to live outside of my body. Mm -hmm. Um, I can be done with it. 90% of what's written in there, like I can just be done with after that. Um, So something that really can just start to do that for you. 
Um, some people like to work out in the morning and that can be a really good mood boost, energy boost. Um, but I like something contemplative in the morning that lets you clear emotionally, energetically. And then, um, for physical, if you're thirsty, if you're hungry in the mornings, scheduling the time to do that, either picking a realistic start time for work. <laughs> I never, uh, agree to any kind of meeting before 9am. Um, because I just don't work well like that. I'm going to be rushed. I'm not going to eat breakfast. I'm going to be thirsty. I'm not going to show up very well if I agree to anything really early in the morning. Um, so that's right. Self-knowledge, like, you know, we're probably all, everyone listening to this is old enough, even if you're like 16 to know that like, Hey, there's rhythms of my body. And if I schedule around the rhythm of my body, that's going to be way easier than trying to change, a. 16, 25, 35, 45 year old rhythm in my body. Um, so that's really helpful too, just having realistic. And then when I have clients, I always tell them to, um, especially when they're doing something new they haven't done before, give yourself twice the amount of time that you think it's going to take because either it's harder than you thought and you have enough time to do it or you get a break. Like either way, there's nothing that's going to go wrong. I see a lot of people make miles long to-do lists and then like measure themselves as, up as a failure when all they did was these four tasks when four tasks is a lot for a day, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. I also like to, when I make to-do lists, I'll put things like make coffee, do your journaling, um, <laughs> uh, get dressed. So it helps my brain get like that dopamine every time I click it off. And even the days like I'll complete one task. I'm like, you know, I kept this body alive and fed and I washed myself and I talked to my mom on the phone. Like I did a lot today instead of just putting all these things that are hard to do on the list <laughs> and then seeing it um, and being like, I'm a failure. I didn't, I didn't make a whole business plan. I didn't go clean all the stalls. I didn't, <laughs> um, do all these things that are really time consuming and hard. Mm -hmm. It's like mind hacking instead of like biohacking, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> you gotta like hack your way to success. <laughs> and like pride hacking, like I can be proud of myself for, mm -hmm. um, I tend to cook most of my meals. I made three meals today. Like each one of those took at least 30 minutes. Yeah. I love that. So if, or like if someone's starting a new business, whatever it is you're working for yourself, what's the most important thing? Like, what's the first thing they should do? Like maybe besides a business plan, I guess. I think that's pretty important. But like, should they get business cards? Should they do their website? Should they do this? Or is it just dependent on like what they're doing? Um, I would start, I'm, I've been for years trying to think of a sexier name for this. Um, <laughs> if you're starting from zero, the most thing that makes the most sense to do is to talk to a lot of people that do what you want to do and two that would hire you. Like you want to talk to who you're trying to market to, to have as clients and really mm -hmm. get to know them. Like, what are your needs? Um, like, what do you like about whatever you're currently using for this? What don't you like about it? Where do you feel like there's a gap? Um, if they're not doing anything for it, why is it like a cost concern, a time concern, 
like what they've tried in the past, I would just like become obsessed <laughs> with the per person or people that I'm trying to help so that I know them so freaking well that I'm going to be a really good service provider. Um, and it's going to mm -hmm. help you not only with marketing, but it's actually going to help you with your clients in the long run, because you're going to be able to anticipate their needs. Mm -hmm. I like that. That was good. I wasn't expecting that one. Well, I'm also, I'm not an expert on businesses. So that makes all the I sense. Know. It's so funny. Um, I used to have it for two years as the first step for all clients, but I made it the second step because people felt like it was daunting. So the first step is like our feel good, envisioning, goal setting, mm -hmm. like why you want to do this, hype them up. And then it's step yeah. two. So maybe we do need the hype up first. Yeah, I like a good hype up, you know, who doesn't like that? <laughs> I love it. Well, that was my, that was like my burning question for, yeah. well, because I'm like very new to, I don't even have anything going. Like, she's like, do you have a, um, do you have a business card? Well, and I was today, like, like the, no. the greatest <laughs> moment happened today great. at the barn. She was working on Schroeder mm -hmm. and he was so relaxed that at the other trainer at the barn who I don't like, we work parallel, but we don't really work together. She walked up and she was like, is he tranquilized? Like, genuinely. And I was like, no, he's, like, getting body work from Jordan. And she was like, get me your phone number before you leave. Yeah, and I was like, like, Jordan, do you have business cards? And she was like, no. <laughs> I was like, it's okay. I know her. I'll get you, the, like, I'll get you set up. Don't worry. But, um, yeah, that was yeah. a really cool moment where, like, the horse, like, did the advertising. <laughs> oh, for sure. He was, like, literally sleeping. I was like, in the, in the moment that, because he's, like, awake. And then he's down. And then he's awake. And, of course, she caught him, like, in a good moment where he's just, like, zonked out I'm like yeah that's what people need to see you know it definitely wouldn't hurt to have a simple business card um mm -hmm. and then just talk to everyone that will listen about what you're doing and I know this is like a oh it's scary um tell them about what you do and like why you help and why you're awesome and you're just mm -hmm. gonna get really used to saying that like anyone that will listen it's pretty mm -hmm. normal for your first clients to be friends and family um, most yeah. people start out there. Um, and some people have shame about that. I don't think you should have any shame. That's where most people start. They're the people that trust you the most that know you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All my, all the people I've worked with so far are friends and it's like their horses and they're like, here you go. And I'm like, cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was exciting. Yeah. And I love talking about it. So I have no problem because I'm like, let I'm me good. help your horse. Cause I love them. Yeah. Um, it's fun for me to talk about it. And we talk about horses. If you get us started on horse <laughs> topics, it's really hard to stop. So for anyone who's not even a horse person, I'm like, let me tell you about horses. And they're like, no, <laughs> no, thanks. What about yeah, no, because then if they meet a horse person, they're going to be like, you know what? I have to listen to the longest talk. <laughs> <laughs> what about? People with imposter syndrome. Oh, yeah. Um, so I, you know, there, there's two parts of imposter syndrome. One, I see the positive intention behind it, um, that they want to do good work. They want to be a good practitioner. They want, you know, they want to be respected and they really want to do a good job, right? Anyone with imposter syndrome wants to do a good job by their people. 
Um, so there's mm-hmm. a positive intention behind it. It's not like, oh, I'm just self-sabotaging because I'm addicted to myself. I don't know if I'm allowed to say that because <laughs> I'm a uh, jerk to myself. <laughs> <laughs> that was way funner the other way. <laughs> but, you know, our subconscious or unconscious, they're used pretty interchangeably, is always doing something for a good intention. I know we can think of an examples like what could possibly be the unconscious is good intention. <laughs> we won't get into that. Um, but so that there's that where I see it as evidence that you want to do a good job that you want to deliver for your people. And two, sometimes imposter syndrome is a lack of experience. And then I would say get experience at whatever price point people will pay you for. I would charge I, even if, you know, very beginning, you've never helped anyone. If your charge is a trade, I would try to get out of that as quickly as possible and charge whatever people will pay you for, and then start going up into your business. And then two, um, if you've had a lot of experience and you still feel like imposter syndrome, um, I would look at ways to build your confidence and self-belief because if you've helped a hundred people or even 20 people already with something and you're still like, oh, but what if this one particular, actually there's two things to that. One, um, we we could give someone all the tools. <laughs> Is that old saying that if you, you can bring a horse to water but you can't make them drink. So you really need to detach. Like if I am showing up doing my best and the person um, doesn't do it right, so say, we are training someone on riding a horse once a week. And we're like, you need to practice this on your own. They don't do it. (laughs) Um, That's not on us, right? If we give them all the tools and they don't do it, that's not on us. If we show up, we're emotionally regulated, we're holding space, we're listening, we're giving them the tools, we're asking them the questions, we're teaching them what they signed up for, and they're not doing it. We just have to detach from that, right? Like, okay, well, these people are living their lives how they want, they're paying me for these sessions, and we're going to get as far as we can without them doing the homework. And then two, if it's just like this confidence thing, like, well, you know, it's not okay for me to be proud of myself, it's not okay for me to talk to myself, not okay for me to take up space. Um, Those are really confidence issues, masquerading, uh, probably manifesting in multiple ways, but imposter syndrome, not setting boundaries. Um, And I probably recommend therapy for that. (laughs) Jordan's a big advocate for therapy. I I probably said therapy in like every episode. I'm like, go get Go get therapy. You're mean to your horse? Therapy. Yeah, we don't see a single baby, uh, like newborn baby, that doesn't cry when they have needs, make sounds. We might start to see that in toddler, but that means it's learned behavior, right? That you can't speak up for yourself. And so that's really work with a therapist if you are have a lot of trouble um, finding any kind of worth in yourself. And I, I have a lot of compassion for that. Um, but I would, I would seek therapy for that because it's going to just manifest in your relationships and how you take care of your body and how you show up in your business. Um, you don't need to be like a pompous, I think I'm the best, but you do need to believe in yourself. Yeah. Wow. Just beautiful. Some, some snappies for that one. (laughs) So good. A lot of people think that like habits, 
um, that they don't like are personality traits, but anything that you've learned to do is not a personality trait. It's just some coping mechanism you've picked up on and you don't necessarily have to fix ones that are working for you, don't cause a problem. But if you feel like you can't change something that's a habit because it's a personality trait, no learned behavior is an innate personality trait. Um, so you can change anything that you've learned. Damn. And we talk about that with horses too, right? That like they can, you know, we always say it's never the horse's fault. Like no matter what the behavior is, it's never the horse's fault. Yeah. It's always something that somebody taught them or that's an instinct. And mm -hmm. it's like, it's not personal. It's not. Yeah. Yeah. It's not permanent. It's just. Yeah. And it can be like learned behavior. Yeah. And stuff. But that's kind of cool to like turn it on its head and think about it for us as humans because. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We talk about that. For horses. Yeah. That was really rude. That was really rude. <laughs> How dare you make me think about that? Hey, I'm not even in therapy right now. If it, This feels great. I love talking to you. Right? Yeah. <laughs> make me think about things. I like it. Speaking of, um, if the listeners want to find you and mm -hmm. talk to you or get help from you or just learn more from you, where can they find you and what kind of resources do you have? Um, you can find me on Facebook and Instagram. Just type my name, Emily Grass. Um, my website is emilygrass.com. My email is emilygrass at gmail.com. I own my name all over the internet. Nice. <laughs> well done. <laughs> and, you know, it really depends what they're looking for. Um, usually what I work with people on is either like self-regulation and belief work or um, setting up and marketing their business without doing all the bro marketing hustle culture type of stuff <laughs> mm -hmm. um so but if you're looking for that kind of stuff there's a million people that can help you with that uh, i'm pretty anti that i'm never gonna ask you to just do it or <laughs> oh well you know you have resistance to doing this maybe you just don't want it enough maybe you just need to work harder um, we're going to like really take time with all that stuff and soften around it. Um, I know some people are like, let's just get it done. Um, I'm not that type of person. I'm like, okay, let's look at why you're not doing it and figure out how we can support you in softening around that and ultimately clear it, which, um, can be initially a little bit slower. We're pretty anti that too. We call it the cowboy up yeah. mentality. And we're yeah. pretty anti-cowboy up. <laughs> yeah. You're like into the root cause of yeah. of whatever is holding people back or yeah. yeah. So really cool. More sustainable change, but I know all over the internet everyone's like, let's go from zero to a hundred K in 90 days. And that that's gonna I've seen and been in a program like that, and I've seen a ton of them. Um that that's a recipe for burnout. I'm not saying it's not possible, but it's a recipe for burnout. Amazing. Thank you, Emily. Yeah, thank you. This has been the Whole Scoop Podcast. The Whole Scoop Podcast was created by Jordan Holbrook and Ruby Doss and produced by Madeline Grass-Doss. Our theme music is by the band Wild Iris, and their music is available on all platforms. 
You can find both of us on Instagram as well as the podcast on Instagram and Patreon. All links will be available in the show notes. Subscribe and review to support this podcast. If you enjoyed our podcast, please share it with a friend. Or your farrier. Or your vet. Or your best friend. Or your Amazon driver. Or your mom. Or your horse. Or your trainer. Or your cat. I love oh, our you. Merch, our merch. I miss you. Oh, talk about our merch. Should I talk about it right now in the intro?